Hey, Adam. Hey, Pete. I think we're out of sync. Out of We need to listen. Our timing isn't. Our time is. Li- we, should, we should probably listen. Pop pipe. Spike. Speak. Maybe. Spook pipe. Speak pipe. Okay. Well. All right. Go. I'm Adam Manis. I'm Peter Martin. <laughs> you listen to the You'll Hear podcast. Music advice and inspiration coming at you. We are loopy, my friend. We are getting <laughs> loopy here in the pod suite. Well, we've recorded like 17 episodes. Well, it feels like it. No, it's, it hasn't. How many it? has it been? So these, three. It's, it's been three. Yeah. <laughs> now, these are when like the day can go like it can really go off the rails or this could be maybe our best episode ever. Yeah. Well, you know what? Okay. When things are about to go off the rails, we've been known to focus in, to zone in. To center ourselves, yeah. to use the very notes and inspiration from the jazz ma- masters as the mana for our brains, if you will. Well, and that's kind of what we're talking about today. We've got a speak pipe, a voicemail from What's John. What's a speak pipe? Well, a speak pipe is, is a question that our dear listeners can ask us. All you have to do is go to you'llhearit.com. There's a little uh, button you push there just to leave us your question. And that's a speak pipe, and that's what John did, and he asked a very uh, important question here. Well, let's let John elucidate us with his questione. Elucidate? Is that elucidate. A, elucidate. I don't know. Okay. It's not Peter and Adam, it's John from Ohio. I hope you guys are both doing well. My question for the speak pipe is, are there particular players that you like to invite young musicians to listen to as they're developing their time feel? And I don't just mean swing, although, yeah, I do mean subdivision of the eighth note, but I also mean how do they place their lines with the swing groove? Are they are there musicians who play a little behind the beat, a little on top of the beat, who have a particular feel when they're playing double time lines? Uh, it's just something I've been thinking a lot about recently um, and trying to find great examples of musicians who really swing in these different situations and have maybe even have their own unique feel that students can listen to and try to emulate. So I hope that's something worth thinking about. Thanks so much for all you guys do. Always enjoy the podcast. Take care. Well, that's a great question, John. And yeah, I like that you use the, uh, the old speak pipe term. Always good. Um, but I, and I love I love the the term. Uh, are, are there any players that you invite young musicians to listen to? Like, yeah. like excuse me, young musician, right this way to yes. listen to different fields. Right, right. I'm Willy Wonka. Welcome to my <laughs> audio drone. You did it, Charlie. You've won. <laughs> you a- learned all of Win Kelly solo. It's Oscar Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this is good, and I I like that. Uh, part of the question was talking about he, he mentioned unique feel. And that's true. Like everybody has a unique feel. Yeah. There's certain people we're going to probably talk about that we think are good. And he said, emulate. And that's exactly what it is. You want to emulate in your practice, in your analysis, in, in your general, you know, rhythmic ear training, which is what, 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 you know, checking out these grooves is all about. Don't get thrown off by like, oh, well, Oscar Peterson has a unique feel, so I'll never be able to do that, or I don't want to sound like him. But first of all, of course you want to sound like him. But don't worry. No matter how much of a feel that you emulate, you're not going to sound just like him. Give it it a shot. Yeah, and if you do, well, then prove us wrong. That's even better. Nothing wrong with that. No, but you take these, and it's really about the process of learning how different musicians, how different players, uh, how different ensembles often get to their unique feel totally and it's the same thing of like just transcribing for more traditional ear training intervals and different types of chords or whatever we we are training our ears to be able to hear and to feel and then to emulate 
certain musicians and ensembles very unique feel and that's what groove is and that's what starts to inform what we want our groove to be and really what it does is it starts to give us the skills and you know the tools in our toolbox to to bring out how we want to interpret a groove how we want to place our notes without having to think about oh well, let me play a little bit behind the beat because i heard oscar peterson do that or because i heard robert glass would do that or whatever you can learn to do that and identify but then when you go to play like i never think about it my i mean i know that i do play on top of the beat because people told me that but i don't always do that yeah. because that's not always part of the story i wanted to. totally yeah. i've got the different skills and hopefully i'll be able to throw those so I would challenge anyone to say that, like this person always plays. Well, of course, any millennial plays behind the beat. We do know that. But other than that, okay, sorry, that was bad. No, but I mean, there are certain stylistic things yeah. that are part of a sound, which is great too. But again, it's all about sort of telling a story. So I love this idea of like, let's check out these very unique feels, and all great players have a unique feel. Let's emulate them, but then let's just let that become part of who we yeah. are. Yeah, I, I kind of. It's so funny you mentioned that because I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like I wouldn't to a young player, I wouldn't actually point out if someone is like an uh, uh, in front of the beat or behind the beat kind of player because it's really not, like you could take like Ahmad Jamal, for instance, right? That's someone who, you know, will occasionally certainly lay things way back, yeah, right? But that gets to be like dangerous territory. If you're just emulating that, but you're not really getting the entire picture of his feel and what and what's happening around that, that's not really like getting the feel of a Majamal. You're just you're just laying back, right? Yeah. It's the same thing if you try to emulate Chick Corea, who you might think is like a little on top, right? Yeah. That's not actually true. Like it's he is sort of feels more on top. But there's a lot of things going on there. It's not just that he's ahead of the beat. That's yeah. not it at all. It's actually yeah. kind of uh, dynamics more than anything that yeah. can kind of get that effect. Same thing. Uh, you know, you could say like, well, Oscar Peterson lays things back, but yeah, but also he is also on top on a lot of yeah. circumstances. Monk is on top more than you think, you know, because of his sound. You might think, oh, it's really laid back or whatever. No, it's it's actually not. So yeah. I agree with you. It's like every player kind of has both of those. There's like a spectrum of all of that. Yeah. Right. And most people are probably, especially the greats, are probably right down the middle more than you think they are. Yeah. But the overall effect is sort of giving you this impression of it's behind or in front of the beat. And like you said, too, actually, the band makes a huge difference. Like what's happening around them can make a huge difference to, you know, how they're feeling on top or, or behind or whatever. But more importantly, I, I would think, John, that the overall feel is what you want to get listening for. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I liked in John's question, too, that he said, like, not just about within the swing feel. We think about, like, how do you learn? how the spacing of the eighth note i agree like that's never been the most interesting part of it to me although i think a little bit of like listening and analysis if you i, I always like to think about clifford brown yeah. as somebody that's really good to to learn about feel from yeah again not that you have to phrase just like he did but he had such a particular and yeah. per peculiar kind of way absolutely but then he was emulated a lot so that became part of the vernacular or whatever totally but that way of like swinging really hard but without like having that boo badu badu he was very straight not perfectly straight of course but he trended more with his eighth note bebopish lines more towards the straight than than not and i mean i think there's a certain amount of influence on miles davis there i don't know if miles probably would have said that because i know there was a like everybody was it wasn't really a rivalry clip around everybody was just like wow he was just so such an amazing trumpeter and musician they were kind of in awe of him but again that, that doesn't mean like that's that's one sound but red garland is a player who had a little bit bouncier yeah a little, little, little more of a lilt a little more of a lilt and yeah. it works for for red exactly. and actually they're playing kind of similar language but you know it, it really is is the the 
personal technique of the musician. So I would I would say if you're directing young musicians, listen to as many different people and get deep into like listen deeply to some of these like, you know, to Clifford Brown, yeah. to Dexter Gordon, Charlie Parker, Charlie course. Parker, like, yeah, Monk, Miles, early Miles, especially early, early Miles, Miles, Monk, Sonny Rollins, people who have their own signature. Bud Powell. Bud Powell has a yeah. has a very, you know, again, that's someone who you're like, well, is he always on top? Well, like kind of. But yeah. it's really it's more about how even his eighth note is than that. Right? Yeah. His, his seems on top because of how incredibly even his technique is. Yeah. And I think, you know, where this stuff is placed within the music is super important. You mm. know, um, of course, it's not just like stagnant eighth notes, but it's like how the phrases are constructed. What beat do they start on? The yeah. upbeat, the syncopation, totally. all those things, which you can really get organically from learning this stuff. But I would say it is important, like with all these folks that you listed and, and more, especially on your own instrument to be able to play like you should you don't have to know every solo of anybody you don't have to know any one solo in particular i've never i wouldn't say hmm. but i mean maybe if you're a trumpet player like you should know lewis armstrong west End blue i mean it's just so iconic but you you should be able to play a line with the feel like lewis armstrong with a feel like clifford brown right like you should have listened to it enough i would say you never have to do that again, but you should be able just the way a drummer can, a great jazz drummer can sit down and play like Papa Joe Jones or do an Art Blakey shuffle. I mean, cer certain people can do it better than others, but you should be able to do that. It shouldn't be like, no, I don't want to emulate, I don't want to copy that. Yeah. No, you should be able to do that. You don't have to do it as like a trained monkey on the gig, but that should be part of your understanding of the music. I think. And you know what, John? Uh, Is that too dogmatic? No, not know. at all. I okay. think I think that's well, you're a dogmatic guy. So I'm, a, you I'm a dogmatic guy. But you know what, what I was going to say, too, if you really want to get sort of a shortcut to a player's sense of rhythm and really understand their rhythmic language, you can also learn their compositions. Like if you learn a Charlie Parker tune, you know, a lot of those tunes were were came out of his improvisations. But even if they didn't, even if he sat down and meticulously wrote it out, that's still his rhythmic language, like put, you know, put down uh, engraved forever for everybody to, to play with. So. Like if you if you learn any of the Charlie Parker tunes, that's his rhythmic language. I love monk tunes. Will tell you all you need to know about that era of syncopation and yeah. swing. Even if you learn like Herbie Hancock tunes, like Maiden Voyage or Eye of the Hurricane, like yeah. simple tunes, that'll tell you Herbie Hancock's rhythmic vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. That's a yeah. Like even that phrase is even yeah. more modern than say like a, a, a Charlie Parker tune, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and especially coupled with what the notes that he's playing, or if you learn, you know, like a Chick Corea tune or a Keith Jarrett tune, or even a more modern, you know, a uh, 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 Branford Marsalis or Kenny Kirkland tune or something like that, you're going to get like kind of the fast track to their rhythmic vocabulary right away. I love that. Okay, I want to add one other thing that might be a little controversial, Ooh. but um, I'm interested in your take on it, my dear friend. Okay. Adam. Would that be something you might be interested in? Of course. Controversy, of course. Yeah. Controversy. So I think learning different grooves um, the and, and really getting inside of other fields. Like we could talk about bossa nova, we could talk about samba, we could talk about funk, we could talk about, have you ever heard of a record called Secrets by Mr. Herbie Hancock? You know, oh, yeah. we could talk about pop grooves, R&B, gospel. Like learning some, you don't have to learn everyone tomorrow, but learning other grooves I found actually helped me start to understand swing and start to place it as no different. Yeah than these other grooves totally. yes of course a different it's like a different color but it's still a color and so the process of learning a groove and learning how 
a you know like check out the group the meters i always like because like they were groove masters totally so like if you can learn how to groove a little bit like the meters you're going to be able to swing better as well because they're in term even though they never are swinging necessarily but they are swinging through these other grooves so i think you shouldn't be limited to just emulating swing grooves or else i don't know like it's it's kind of like you got to look at things through a different lens sometimes, and just be like if you learn a tune in another key, mm -hmm. that actually informs things on the original key when you go. It, like it, it expands your mind in a way that I think this similar thing with learning different grooves does as well. And it's just fun, so rock true. grooves, yeah. shoegaze groove. It, it, it does help you relax in your swing, which is what yes. you want in your swing. If you if you're trying to swing too hard, shapa to bitty dial, He's trying to swing too hard, and he just swung himself off that cliff. Oh, boy. Don't do that. I don't like doing that. Don't do that, anybody. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. All right. Hey, Peter. Yes. Thinking of swing and, and emulating the masters, you yes. know, we are releasing... Uh, it might actually already be released by That's this point. Right. The language of the masters course. Language of the masters. Our first <laughs> course together in several years. years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's true. Peter and I break down five solos on the blues. One by Winton Kelly. One by Thelonious Monk. One by Oscar Peterson. One by Chick Corea. And one by Herbert Hancock. Herb Herbert. Um, Herbie. We call him Herbie. Her Herb Herbman. Her, her, Herbie. Herbie yeah. Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> and Herbie Hancock. Uh, we have all the transcriptions fully written out. I do 10 guided practice sessions along with it. That's a great way to learn some of these masters' uh, rhythmic vocabulary and how they swing and how they approach it. And actually, we talk quite a bit about it in the course itself. That's Language of the Masters. That's available uh, for you now at openstudiojazz.com. It's also on your Piano Access Pass. If you're already a member of Open Studio, this is uh, going to be on your dashboard, if not today, in the next uh, few hours. Absolutely. Herbert Jeffrey Hancock. Oh, Herb Jeff. Herb <laughs> Herb Jeff, Herb Slop Jeff. Yeah, Language of the Masters is going to be awesome. Uh, it already is awesome. We had so much fun making it, and uh, I can't wait to share it with the world, as we say. All right. Well, Peter. Yes. Another one in the bag. You feeling good about Another one bites the dust. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, is it in the bag? Alive, alive. Oh, it's a mashup. It's is a it mash in the up. bag, or is it? Should we go out on a, on a song? I feel yeah. like we need to get our mojo back. I feel okay. like we should play a little bit. Okay. I don't know. What do you Let's want to do? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, we're no, no, we don't have to do that. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's our normal song. Oh, you know what we should do? Maybe what? we should do that in a little honor, like a little. Uh... Oh. 